I've never actually thought of this as a bias, but in our conversations inside our firm this last week, as we've been working on the outline of our next, believe it or not, our next book, which we're super jacked about, uh, we started talking about distance bias. Oh my gosh, has this had a major impact on my life? I've got to share it with you. Let's talk about it in this episode. Leadership is the ability to facilitate movement in others toward a destination you can describe. I'm Russ Hill. I help build leaders. And this is the Culture Hacks Podcast. This is episode 199. That's crazy, you all. The next episode is 200. Woo! That is, that's awesome. I've got some ideas of what I want to do in the next episode, which is coming out next week. Episode 200 on the way. Wow. I'm, I'm actually really excited about the consistency of doing this show over the last several years. I hope you get value out of it. I'm Russ Hill. I make my living coaching, consulting executives of some of the world's largest companies. You can find out more about our firm at LoneRockConsulting.com. We're launching the February group we call Lead in 30. It's a cohort online learning experience. It's like, think of it, the old way used to be that you would buy training in, uh, in leadership development. You'd go somewhere and fly away for three or four days or or you'd do it in-house at, at, if you worked for a big company and, and you'd lock down for three or four days. That's the old way. Then then that moved on to online courses. And then you, you kind of felt like you were in a dark closet watching these videos or taking a course and and it just wasn't that exciting. The new way that we've created is what we call an online cohort learning experience where everybody starts the first day and goes through the same four weeks. And you've got accountability partners and there's videos and portals to watch. And you've got live meetings once a week. We call it like it's like a 30 day fitness challenge. But for leadership development, we're recruiting, enrolling, allowing in the uh, the February group right now. Go to leadin30.com for more details about that. Okay. So, um, this is interesting. We're, we've got a section of our new upcoming book, which is all it's, it's actually designed around the curriculum in lead in 30, the way we've never packaged our content and curriculum and models and frameworks in this particular way, as we have in lead in 30, none of the stuff in there is new. It's stuff we've been teaching and developed over many, many, many years of consulting the clients that we work with. Companies from Amazon to General Motors to Lockheed Martin to Cigna to Travelers to, you know, lots of different organizations around around the world. And, uh, and so the models and frameworks that those companies pay us to teach them and to coach them with and to work with their executive teams on, are, are part of what we introduce in lead in 30 and, but we're packaging it differently and introducing it differently and around a new framework. We're super jacked about and, and are getting really good feedback around anyway. So we're writing a book about that and we're, we're in the early stages of it right now. And there's a section of the book that's around bias. So we're, we're warning leaders who are trying to um, strengthen their ability to influence others and, um, and deliver results and scale their ability to lead. We warn them in this one section about biases that they have and that their teams have. And these are things you need to be aware of. And so we we're listing out and there are five of them. We call them bias barriers. These are biases that are like human nature 
that people have that you need to be you're, you're up against. And they're going to frustrate your ability to lead other people and influence them in the way you want to. And one of them that um, one of um, one of the members of our firm brought up, and I thought that's really interesting. And as far as why I love owning the company and being one of the co-founders and having this group and, and being a part of a group that just loves to create and think and innovate, just oh my gosh, I can't believe I didn't make this move years ago. But um, one of the one of the people introduced this idea. One of the members of our firm introduced this idea called distance bias. Think about that for a second. What do you think that is? Distance. I'll let, have you kind of guess in your mind here. Uh, play along with me. What do you think distance bias is? Well, it's this idea that um, the more space that exists between two people or two groups, the more that those people fill that space or those groups fill that space with the worst case scenario. They assume the worst. Think about that. I want you to think about it as it pertains to um, organizations, you know, inside companies, as it pertains, think about politics, think about countries and political strife uh, between different countries, or think about it in different ethnic groups or different I mean, it's just so true. Like I, the more I thought about this, I thought, okay, that's brilliant. Like that's really true. That's a thing <laughs> like that exists. Think about it in families, the more distance that exists, the more space that exists between two people, the more they tend to assume the worst. So let me share a couple of experiences with you as you think about where this may be playing out. And then I want to talk about, well, how do you combat it? Like, what do you do about that as a leader and as a human being? I think this is so good, you all. It's just really, really good. It's fresh on my mind. I just recorded a video for Lead in 30 about it that we put in the content portal. Um, well, we're actually putting it in for this next week's, um, this next week's content. And, um, and so it was fun to, to work out this idea and this concept. And um, it, it reminds me of, a, uh, let me share a couple of experiences. Number one was a, um, a, um, a, a boss I had a while back. And I went several months, like I would see this boss inside and it wasn't my boss. It was like a couple of levels up on the org chart. And I, I would see this leader inside, uh, you know, some of the meetings or they'd be on the calls that we would do. And so I would see them and interact with them in like a public meeting setting, a group setting. But I didn't reach out to him. I didn't make it a practice of calling him on a regular basis for a period of several months. And once those months passed off, it went by and I did have a chance or I did make an effort to connect with him. I couldn't believe some of the things he thought about me, like some of the beliefs, some of the feedback that I got out of that conversation. I thought, wait, where did that come from? Wait, what? Oh, you thought, no. And I actually had some of the same beliefs about him. And, um, and you know, not in meaning negative, like not good things. And I, so this, this thing about space between two departments or two leaders or two people and assuming the worst, man, did I see that play out with him? And we were both able in this communication to clear a lot of that stuff up. I think about relatives, family members where I've allowed space to too much space, too much distance to be created over, over the years 
and and people it's just human nature to assume the worst they think you don't care about them or that they're not a priority in your life or you don't love them or that you what or you don't bow you right like of course they would think that it's not it's i'm not being critical at all we all would do that or a lot of us would do that and so it's this distance bias so how do you how do you combat that well the way you combat it is and it, it reminds me of a story i've told I don't think recently, but when I first got um, into to management in the, in the media business, one of the one of the um, one of my first experiences was going to Washington D.C. Our, our company owned media brands and media properties in multiple cities across the U.S. and some of our most successful uh, radio properties were in Washington D.C. One of them was WTOP, which if you've ever lived in the Washington D.C. area, you absolutely know about WTOP Radio. And so WTOP was the biggest, in fact, they became, they might still be today, the biggest revenue generator. No radio station anywhere in the United States, maybe the world, but at least the United States made more revenue per year than WTOP, which was an all news, uh, news traffic and weather in um in uh, in Washington D.C. and so I went out there and I was spending a couple of days just meeting with some of the leaders and 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 soaking up things and I was a, I was a brand new leader like you know young in my twenties and I remember meeting with the or going I went to lunch or I had a meeting with um, the general manager the the market leader the market uh, manager of uh, of our media properties our company's media properties in D.C. A guy by the name of Joel and I, I i was chatting with joel and i said and and joel joel had created he was part of the team that that created wtop into a monster he and his leadership team and so he was just widely respected in our industry in the media industry and certainly in washington dc and so in my conversation with joel i asked him i said joel give me some tips like as a new leader what what are what are some recommendations like what what do you attribute your success to and he said walking around and I was like, wait, like what else? <laughs> like that can't be your secret of success. You walk around like that's the biggest letdown of wisdom sharing I've ever experienced. And uh, I didn't say that out loud, but that's what I was thinking in my mind. Where I'm like, uh, okay, maybe you're not as brilliant as I thought you were. You walk around and that's what makes you, that's what's built this company into what it is. And we didn't have much more of a conversation about that. He's like, yeah, just I walk around. I really believe in that principle. And he went on and said a few other things. I totally tuned out because I thought, okay, that's just not worthwhile. I'm going to go buy a book at the airport <laughs> bookstore and try some leadership book and try to get more wisdom out of that. I'm just joking. But I thought, okay, you don't have a lot to offer me. That's literally what I thought. And then as the years have gone by, I've realized how wise that response is. And when I've realized that is, for instance, I'll be in a hospital over the years. I've been in a hospital, you know, a large hospital system will be uh, hire us as a consulting firm. We go in and we're working on some of their un most underperforming hospitals. And we're, we're trying to dig into the culture and, and shifting it and exposing what are the challenges? Why? Why are there these issues of performance here? And one of the things that has come up in in a hospital settings time and time again i can't tell you how many hospitals i've been in as clients this is pre-covid right back in the world uh, before the pandemic but how many times we dig in and we do our assessment of the culture of that hospital system or that hospital uh facility and it would come out that one of the biggest challenge challenges was visibility of the leadership team 
Like nobody knew who the seat, like they'd never met the CEO. They never interacted with her or him or the leaders who just had this reputation of sitting in their office. They were out of touch. They came in like they didn't understand what the nurses over on the on the overnight shift were dealing with. They didn't understand what the surgeons were up against or the techs in the uh, surgical services area. They didn't know what it was like to work in the emergency department when they were having to divert patients because they were overloaded. Like the, the leaders didn't understand that. That's that was the belief of the frontline leaders or the directors or managers. Right. Think about distance bias. Those leaders are creating distance by what? Staying in their office. I, I, I remember visiting a plant just a year ago in the suburbs of Atlanta, and they were having issues with retaining people. I told the story in a podcast episode. I remember pulling over on the side of the road in the back roads of, of, of Georgia on the outskirts of Atlanta when I was headed to the airport. I had a little bit of time, and I wanted to record a podcast episode a year ago, maybe a year and a half ago, and I, I shared this. That the, the issue that we uncovered in the culture of that of that uh, that manufacturing plant and there one of the things that was going on in their environment was the plant management team was just hunkered down in their offices and so the 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 line workers on the factory line in the manufacturing facility felt like they're out of touch they don't understand us they can't relate to us they they don't care about us so they were quitting they were leaving. And the plant management was attributing it to COVID. Oh, yeah, COVID-19, it just sucks at it, to run a manufacturing plant during a pandemic. So it's just natural that these people are leaving. No, it's not what we uncovered. What we uncovered was these leaders weren't active. Good, great people, like really great people in the management. But they needed to get out of their office. There was too much distance between them and the, the people on the line. And as they reduce that distance, that distance bias goes away. That's how you combat it. So I go back to Joel at WTOP in Washington, D.C., that radio station. Yeah, the way you combat distance bias is you're regularly checking in with the team that you lead, with the your peers on the leadership team, with the other departments, with the customer, with – I mean, think about distance bias as it relates to customers. The, these big companies that you can't ever get access to a human being – Right. You call in and you can't get in what it's so hard that they, they put so much distance between them, the human beings that are at that are running that company that are that are employed by that company and the customer. There's so much distance that it creates all kinds of bias. They're not managing it. And so we all we, we the way we combat this is a couple of things. One, we're checking in regularly management by walking around high visibility, be visible. And in this day and age of being dispersed in so many of our industries, people working from home and everything that's going on and not being able to gather like we were used to, that means more texting, more cell phone calls, more virtual meetings with, well, not more virtual meetings, but when we are meeting virtually, cameras on and we're, we're visible. So we're management by walking around. Then number two is we're seeking feedback from the the other departments or our team we're asking people for their opinion and they're they're seeing that we're curious and interested in their view that reduces it minimizes distance bias and so in this episode i just wanted to share with you something that some content that we're developing in our firm and we're putting into lead in 30 and we're using it. It's going to be in our, our next book, which I'll talk more about as we get closer to, to publishing it. But, um, distance bias, it's something we all battle in, uh, in our companies 
and we battle it in our families and in our personal lives. I never thought of it as a bias before, but it really is, isn't it? So something to think about. Um, That's my job in these episodes, give you food for thought, give you ideas, give you observations and share with you thoughts that are on our minds as we work in this leadership lab of coaching and consulting leaders across the globe. Okay. If you haven't yet checked out, just at least check it out. You all, I'm, I just don't want you to miss this opportunity and the price is just going to keep going up and up and up. But if you're interested in developing your ability to lead and you haven't checked out, at least spend a few minutes looking at lead in 30.com. You should. And um, that's my biased opinion on that. Speaking of bias, I've got bias on this, uh, this product that we're developing. I've just seen what it's done for the beta group. I've seen their reaction. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, it's bringing that much value to them, which shouldn't surprise me, but it's fun to see. And I know what it could do for you. So if you haven't checked it out, go to leadin30.com. And uh, we'd love to have you in the February group. Um, at the time that I'm recording this, the enrollment is open. Hope you're all healthy. Hope you're doing well. And coming up next, the next episode is episode 200. I'm excited to share that with you and we'll talk to you in the next show.